Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to another Wednesday night teaching from the sanctuary right here in Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. It's time to text someone, call someone, let them know there's a word from the Lord as usual. And we are very excited to talk tonight, especially with all that's going on in the world about healing. So get your Bible, your electronic device, turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. We're going to read verses 20 and 21. And God is going to speak to us and minister to us and bless us with his divine and glorious presence. Amen. Christ the healer. That's our topic until we are finished. Christ the healer. Tonight we're going to talk about healing and forgiveness again. We started there. We're going to continue talking about the significance and the connection of healing and our deliverance, our healing and our forgiveness. 1 John 3, 20, 21, and the Bible reads, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. Verse 21, Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence before God. Let's pray together. Bow your heads, please. Thank you. Father in heaven, we need you. We praise you. We do not take you for granted. This is not just an exercise that we do regularly to be religious or to have any type of self-righteousness. We know, we realize we need you in a real and powerful way. Anoint me to teach, to preach, to proclaim. Anoint me to do what is required, that healing will take place in the minds, the hearts, the lives, the souls, and the bodies of your people. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated. Bless you. All right, we're going to talk, continue talking about the connection of and with healing and forgiveness. Healing and forgiveness. Notice John says, if our heart condemns us. Uh, just a brief recap. A lot of people find it hard to forgive others for what they have done to them. This is a universal problem across the globe. It's been around since man has been around. It's hard to forgive grievous acts. It's hard to forgive people when they brought trauma into our lives. But we as believers are called to forgive because God is a forgiving God. Jesus Christ came, shed his blood, that we might be forgiven of all of our sins and then have peace with God and then develop peace with one another. We live in a violent world. I was watching the news just before service tonight and there was another shooting. They didn't even have the details yet. There was another shooting uh, in another city and it looked like it was a mass shooting. Again, the details were not released at the time. And I just threw my phone to the side. I said, God, I mean, this, this is crazy. And, and of course, I began to pray. And I realize, as many of you do and many of you will, that the people that do these horrible crimes need healing. They, they need healing. They, they need to be healed. And, and many of them, if not most or all, need to be healed and can only be healed by God, their creator. So we have to learn how to forgive. And many of us have forgiven over and over again, as the Bible says. But sometimes there's a person left out of the forgiving process. And sometimes that person is not even known by the person that should be forgiving. That person is sometimes we don't forgive ourselves. We can forgive everybody else, but we can't forgive ourselves. It's hard to forgive ourselves. So we walk around with unforgiveness in our heart that impacts our health mentally, spiritually, physically, and even financially. And so if we're going to get healed, if we're going to receive healing from God, our Father, 
We have to learn how to forgive, not just others, but we have to forgive ourselves. The devil, the accuser (laughs) of the brother, loves to accuse us. And you need to understand he's very good at it. That's why so many people feel so bad in the world today, because there's a voice in their head telling them they're not worthy, telling them they're not loved. No one loves them. And that is the that is the lie of the devil. And so we seek your healing today. We seek our healing today. We seek to help people get healed so that healing and healed people can help other people heal. If hurting people hurt people, then healed people help others get healing. And we know there's some people that need healing like never before. So our scripture here, John says, if our heart condemn us, if we feel in deep in our heart, I'm not worthy. I shouldn't have done this. I hurt people. I didn't live right. I didn't do my best. If we let our hearts condemn us, I'm not talking. John is not talking about other people condemning us. John says sometimes our own heart can condemn us. We can be told we're no good so long we start telling ourselves, I ain't no good. And then our heart begins to condemn us. Then we find that we don't even like ourselves. And if you don't love yourself, it is impossible biblically, spiritually to love anybody else. So we got to deal with our hearts if we're going to be healed, if we're going to have a healed family, we're going to have healed communities, healed schools. We have to deal with our hearts and the unforgiveness we may harbor against our own self. Some folk that praise God don't like themselves. Some people that usher in the church don't like themselves. Some preachers preaching don't love themselves. So we need to know that if our heart condemns us, somebody say, God is greater. Amen. Amen. God is greater than our heart. Look at verse number 21. The first word says beloved. That's powerful because what he's telling us is God loves us. No matter what condition you're in, you are loved by God. And we need to learn how to on a daily basis receive the love of God. He says, beloved, verse 21 begins with the word beloved. God loves those whose hearts are condemning them just as much as he loves people who have confidence towards God because God has washed me with his blood. So whether you have confidence in God or not, God still loves you. God loves the weak in faith as much as he loves the strong in faith. God loves us the same even when we don't love ourselves. Write that down. Write that down. Write it down. Put starbursts around it. Underline it. Red, mark, whatever. God loves us the same even when we don't love ourselves. Do you realize how you feel about yourself doesn't impact God? It's it's, it's elementary, but it needs to be said. How we feel about ourselves doesn't change how God feels about us. It just changes you. (laughs) God loves us the same. Let Let me wax theological here. Since God is eternal, since God has always existed, since God knows everything and cannot learn, That means there's absolutely nothing you and I can do to surprise God. So that means God knew everything about you before you were born, everything you were going to do. And when you got saved, he decided to love you. And so what you just did doesn't change his love. See, you think God thinks like you. (laughs) 
God forgives us when we can't forgive ourselves. That's why there's no other God to serve. Because God forgives us when we can't forgive ourselves. His love is so powerful. God heals the broken heart just as he heals the broken body. Write that down. Mm, It's a powerful truth. God heals the broken heart just like he heals the broken body. Somebody needs to lift their hands right now and let God begin to heal their broken heart. Some of you, it's easier for you to believe God to heal your body than it is to heal your heart. And God heals the broken hearted like he heals the broken body. Psalm 34, 18, the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, the Lord is nigh. He's near my Lord in heaven. He's close in space and time (laughs) to them that have a broken heart. He's close to them that are of a broken heart. He's right there in the space, in time, with people that are of a broken heart. And he saves those that be of a contrite spirit. God is right there with you with your broken heart. God knows what broke your heart, and he knows how to heal your heart. He knows every tactic the enemy has used to keep you hating yourself. He knows everything the devil has done over the course of your life to keep you not liking yourself. To keep you from forgiving yourself. You know he does. He says stuff like, see, look at you. And you hear him and you listen to him over and over again. And if you continue to do that, you'll grow into a place where your heart becomes callous. You have a hard heart and it becomes very difficult and at times impossible for the word to penetrate your hard heart. So you could be in church for 20 years and still not love yourself, not forgive yourself, and and allow sickness to remain in your body. Somebody say, God forbid. forbid. I'm not going to call myself a Christian and allow sickness and disease to stay in my body when Jesus Christ is a healer. And Hebrews 13, 8 says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want somebody to get this deep down in your heart that whatever Jesus did 2,000 years ago, he's willing to do it again today. All it takes is people that are willing to forgive themselves and everybody else and allow God the space and the opportunity to be God in your body. The heart, the heart, man's heart is the seedbed of all fruit of the spirit. The heart, the heart of man is the seedbed. The heart is where the word of God is planted. Not on your Bible, not the notes you take, in your heart. The notes you take mean nothing if they're not written in your heart. The word is to be planted in our heart. Write that in first person, which means you'll write it. The word is to be planted in my heart, not our, my heart, first person. The word is to be planted in my heart. God wants the word in my heart. Every word God speaks is to be planted in our hearts so it can bring forth fruit. The only way any one of us or anyone else could ever be saved is that the word has to get in your heart first. The word is nigh thee, even in thy heart and thy mind. The word that we preach, the word has to get in your heart for you to be saved. We cannot be saved without the word in our heart. Neither can we be healed unless the word of healing gets in our hearts. Neither can we be delivered, rescued, made safe 
without the word getting in our hearts. So when our hearts condemn us, our heart is not healthy. God wants to heal your heart tonight. Because your heart isn't healthy. Your heart needs healing. If you, if you continuously have moments, even seasons, where you don't believe you're saved, your heart needs healing. Because your salvation doesn't depend on how you feel. It's based on what Jesus did and what the Bible says and the belief you put in what the Bible says. If you doubt yourself, you've been saved five years and you go up and down, your heart, something's wrong with your heart. It's not healthy. Your heart needs healing because salvation is of God, not of your works or your deeds or your thoughts or your feelings. Hmm. Hosea 10, verse 12. Sow to yourselves righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up the fallow ground. <laughs> For it's time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. The prophet says, sow to yourselves righteousness and you'll reap mercy. He says, break up, break up the fallow ground. He's talking about the ground of our heart. He's talking about the heart, break up the fallow ground. Breaking up the fallow ground is like farmers do. It's going through the land and getting the rocks and everything that prevents the seed from growing. Get the stuff out the ground. No, there's no sense in planting until you clear the ground. Because there are things that will choke the word or choke the seed, and the seed is the word, until you break up and clean up the fallow ground. Get the stuff out your heart that's preventing the word from bring, coming forth or bringing forth fruit. Get stuff out. The reason you're not healed in your body is the stuff in your heart. You're hearing the word, you're reading the word, you're studying the word. You may even be quoting and singing the word. But if you have some stuff in your heart, you need to break it up so the word can come forth. Break up the fallow ground. Sow to yourselves. What are you putting in yourself? What, what, what words are you putting in yourself? Particularly, uh, and you don't have to be uh, sick or diseased, but, but especially if you're sick and diseased, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? What are you sowing into your heart to cause you to reap healing? Who are you listening to? You can't listen, particularly my brothers and my sisters, please hear me. Particularly when you're sick, you need to be careful, double, triple careful, who you're listening to, what you're sowing in you. So before we sow or plant the word in our hearts, we got to break up the fallow ground. What, what, what does that look like? What does that sound like? What is that like? Before you do your Bible study, pray and ask God to forgive you. Ask him to reveal stuff in your heart. I got to get it out before I get before your presence. I want your word to work when I read it. I want it to have an impact. I don't want it to be sown in, in me. And I got a whole bunch of unforgiveness, bitterness, anger in me with the word at the same time. Write this down. Fallow ground, simply stated is unprepared soil. Fallow ground, simply stated, is unprepared soil. So, so, so how many times have you tried to receive the word and you didn't get your heart right first? 
See, this is another reason why the, the, the world likes to keep you busy, keep folk busy. You run from here to there, and you got the stuff in you from the grocery store, and then you left the grocery store, you went to pay your bills, and then that was in you, and they offended you. And then you went to work, and then that stuff upset, and then you try to come to hear the word, and you wonder why it ain't working. Because you got all that stuff in your heart that you never got out before you got in the presence of God. So the word is in there with all that other stuff. I'm going to show you why that's in, why it's critical. It's crucial that we understand that we have to break up the fallow ground. Fallow ground is hearts with bitterness in them, just bitter, just just bitter. You don't you, your forgiveness went to the place of bitterness. Just mentioning that person's name just changed your face, attitude. Then you go to saying stuff, you know, because you know, you know, you know, you know us. You know, you got something in the car. Then you're going to make me cuss. You say their name. You're going to make me cuss. Got to get bitterness. 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 It's fallow. It's not good. Doesn't belong in the soil unforgiveness. We've talked about that. Unforgiveness of other people and self. Jealousy, strife, all these things hinder the growth of God's word in our hearts, and it prevents it from producing fruit. Matthew 13, Mm, beginning at verse number three. This, This says it all here. This says it all. Jesus, it says, he spoke many things unto them in parables, saying, behold, a sower, capital S, (laughs) we know who that is, a sower went forth to sow. That's Jesus. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them. Verse 5. Some fell on stony places where it had not much earth, not a lot of dirt, not a lot of soil. And forthwith they sprung up quickly because they had no deepness of earth. Verse 6, when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Verse 7, some fell on among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked the word. Choked the word. Choked. Think about that. Think about that. Verse 8, but other fell on good ground and brought forth fruit, some 100, some 60, some 30-fold. And then Jesus says, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. So the parable that Jesus gave, he's referring to himself. He is the sower with the capital S. All others are little sowers. You little (laughs) so-and-so. So Jesus says, this is a parable. This is a truth thrown alongside a story to illustrate its truth, really the power of this truth. So Jesus says, really, there's really, really only four types of hearts, four types of soil. Really only four types. The first one Jesus mentioned I call the wayside heart. The wayside heart is the person who hears the word, receives the seed, but they don't understand it. They don't stick around to get an understanding. they just excited. Ooh, I'm saved. Ooh, man, church was good. Ooh, man, I love everything. Mm, 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 mm. It's good. And so, because our arch enemy, Satan, the accuser, the devil, whatever you want to call it, he's seen it all before. He's seen people like you get excited about church and Jesus, salvation. So he can tell, he watches you, oh, you ain't going to read no Bible. You ain't even going to buy a Bible. You, you won't even buy a Bible app. So I know you ain't going to understand. You're not going to learn. You're not going to know my tactics of how I come and steal the word. You're not even going to know when the word is stolen. 
Because you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to understand anything. You just want to jump and shout and be happy and let somebody keep encouraging you. Every Sunday you get encouraged. You don't get taught, but you get encouraged. You're so encouraged, you're not real smart. You are a wayside heart. So it's easy to steal the word from you because you will not learn what the enemy does and you will not learn who your God is. All you know is God saved you, but you won't learn who this God is. I could keep going. You'll learn everything else. You'll learn the church covenant, the church doctrine. You'll learn what the denomination says you can and can't do. You'll learn all the officers in the church, but you won't learn God. It's quiet up in this public library. You don't understand. So every message you hear after that will not produce fruit in you. And if you're really deceived, You'll hang around other people just like that, and you'll prophesy back to each other how good God is. While you're struggling, you're broke, you can't never get healed, you're never delivered, but you'll keep saying how good he is. And then the second heart is the stony heart, I call the stony heart. A stony heart is one full of all kinds of issues, problems, and sins. You... You got every you got little stones, big stones. You got all kind of stones in your heart. You just all kind of stuff that prevents the ground from being broken up and being able to receive the word. You got roots from the last person you was with. You got roots from your granddaddy in you. You even got trash. I mean, you, you ride by a vacant lot nowadays. And if they're not kept, you'll see paper, plastic syringes, everything. You got to get that stuff out of you. If you're going to receive the seed of God's word. So the stony heart is one that's just just fallow ground. It's just your heart. It's just all kind of you ever talk to somebody that 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 and I hate talking like this. I really do. You ever talk to somebody that's been going to church a long time and they don't ever say nothing good. You, you, so there ain't no word in you. you, you I mean, if you love God and the word is in you, you're going to talk about scripture. You're going to see something that reminds you of a scripture. Oh, that's the, just like the scripture. Isaiah. That's just like what Ezekiel said. That's like what Hosea said. That's like what Jesus said in Matthew. But they don't never do that. They tell you what everybody else is saying. My cousin called me from such and such a place. I wish he would stop calling me. I mean, really, nothing comes out of your heart that's from the word. So there's no fruit that can come out of your mouth. Hmm. You have a stony heart. Jesus says the word can't take root because there's so much other mess in the heart. The word can't take root because you got too much other junk in your heart. You got a bunch of trash in your heart that you need to get out so God can truly minister to you. We're not here to entertain you and for you to jump and shout over your issues in your heart. We are here to help you. That's what the altar is for. That's what prayer is for. It's to get the junk out so that when the word comes, it can produce fruit. Jesus says these stony heart people can only endure for a short time. See, that's how you know you got some junk in your heart because you can't take much. <laughs> Are you one of those kind of saints? Every other week, another saint will talk to you and you'll say, man, that's just what I needed to hear. I was just about to How come you always need somebody to tell you what you need to hear to keep you in the kingdom? You only endure for a minute. If, if, you, if God didn't send them, ain't no telling what you do. Because you cannot endure because your heart is full of junk. That's why you're going through. You go through one issue, challenge, circumstance after another that's not favorable. 
one after another. And you don't understand, your heart is attracting that stuff. Your heart is producing that stuff. I remember I used to tell people, this was just a, just a word of knowledge. I didn't really realize how powerful it was until years and years had gone by, and I shared it over and over again, particularly when it, in, the, in the arena of marriage. You know, because, you know, you, know, you can get married uh, and, and be a joker. You know, you could be just a, just a, just a, either one, male or female, you could just be just, just worldly, just wilding out. You know, and all of a sudden you, you wake up, you know, you, you, oh, I'm just, I just, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm gonna change my ways. And, and so one spouse, I just, I just can't take it anymore. They keep saying they, they're gonna change and, you know, and the brother or sister be like, yeah, I, I'm changed, but they won't, they won't, they won't hang in there with me, won't give me a chance. I said, listen, 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 you need to understand something. You have sown crazy for five years. Even when you stop sowing crazy, you're going to keep having a crazy harvest. Because the seeds of crazy are still there. The seeds are crazy. You ain't doing, you can't make your husband, I ain't doing that no more. They don't believe you because the harvest keep popping crazy. Because of all the years you sowed crazy. So then what you need to do is either pray for crop failure God, don't let no more crazy pop up in my marriage. And my, I, I didn't, I know, God, just kill all crazy for it. Just kill the crazy seeds. And at the same time, you need to start sowing a whole bunch of good seeds, just doing a whole bunch of good in your marriage. Good, good, good. So I have, after a while, not too long, oh, okay, I see you changing. I see a little bit of fruit. Okay, we're going to work through it. We're gonna, but you can't keep sowing crazy and expect good to show up and then wonder why people don't want to stick with you. It's quiet. People with stony hearts only endure for a short time. That's why we need more time. Need more time to evaluate whether or not to date this person. Look at the harvest. Don't look at how fine or cute or swole he is. Look at the harvest. Look at the harvest. Talk to his friends, his co-workers, his brothers and sisters. If y'all to be like, mm-hmm, you need to, you need to, you need to know that. Every time I talk to somebody, they do, mm-hmm. I don't sound real good about you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People that endure for a short while are happy at first. but they get offended very easily. Happy at first. We get this last parable from me and then we'll move on. Something God gave me years ago. It's like the person that lives next door to you and they need a job and you help them get a job. They don't have a car and they just need a job for obvious reasons. So you're nice enough and kind enough to help them get the job where you work and you take them to the job. You tell them, okay, you need to be ready at 745 every day. Oh, I'm going to be ready. I'm just, I'm just grateful. You have, I'm, I'm going to be ready. I ain't going to never be late. You got me. I'm, I'm so grateful. Watch. So then they ain't never late. 745, boom. You playing your good old gospel music. Maybe it's the Jackson Southern Ear. Let God have well, somebody old, you know. And they're like, ooh, I just love God. Like, a couple, two or three weeks go by. Can you change that? Now, now they don't like your music. Before, they were just grateful getting a ride. Now they don't like the music. Then next week, by the way, do you ever clean this car out? They ain't paying no attention to how dirty the car was. At first, I'm just so grateful. But as time goes on, they lose their gratitude. They lose their ability to endure that old school gospel. They lose the ability to, to deal with the McDonald's wrappers and Burger King fry boxes in the car. They lose their ability to realize the main purpose of you going to ride to work with this person is so you can get on your feet, but you stop 
seeing the fact that you're trying to get on your feet and you start complaining about little bitty stuff that don't mean nothing. That's what folk do in the church. When you first came here, you was glad this church was on this corner, but you stuck around long enough to start seeing stuff you didn't like that ain't got nothing to do with God taking you where he wants you. You, they didn't speak to me. That's the third time, honey. Did you notice that, honey? Honey didn't notice that. Honey came to see Jesus. Honey came here. You, you the one going home. See, that's the fourth time. Whoo! The third heart is the thorny heart. The thorny heart. The thorny heart is the heart that's full of the cares of this world. Well, the cares of this world. Jesus calls them the, 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 the seedfulness of riches uh, and the lust of other things. They choke the word. Think about that. Think about something that can choke the word. He didn't say chokes the person. He says chokes the word. And I'm not trying to stir up any bad memories, but, but if you've ever been choked, it prevents oxygen from entering your lungs, your blood system, your brain, and every other organ, and it shuts you down. And so Jesus is saying, when you're in the world, oh yes, hear this, when you are worldly, the world will choke the word. It will take the oxygen that the word needs and it will divert it away from the word and it will strengthen the sin in you and weaken God in you. The world will take your oxygen. And you can tell, you can tell, you can tell when the world is taking your oxygen because you start talking like the world. You're not quoting scriptures. You're not saying what God is saying. You're not saying what you read in scripture. You're not saying the revelation. You're not prophesying because there's no oxygen for the word. There's only oxygen for, for gossip. You only got oxygen for gossip. You only got oxygen for mess. You only got oxygen for lying. You have no oxygen for the truth. Because the world is choking the word. Hmm. Strangling the life that you want to have. And giving strength to the life you don't need. Preventing the life source of oxygen from entering into your body. And then the fourth and the last type of heart Jesus mentions in his parable is this simply called the good heart. The good heart, a healthy heart. A good heart. Good heart, healthy heart. A heart with good soil. These type of saints are the people who, hear me, regularly perform maintenance on their heart. Regularly. Oh, let me check my heart, God. God, check my heart. I don't want anything in me that doesn't please you. God, check me. Please, check my heart, God. I, want, I, check, I need a checkup. I need a spiritual checkup. They, see, saints that, that do that, Get the stuff out of their heart. They don't let things pile up and build up. See, some folks don't even ask those kind of questions. They don't even pray those kind of prayers because you think you're all good. There's nothing wrong with you. It's everybody else. So your heart is unhealthy and your body going to be unhealthy and your mind is going to be unhealthy. And eventually your finances are going to be unhealthy. See, saints that check their heart look regularly at themselves and see, do I have any unforgiveness in me? No, I don't, I don't, I, you know, because most people that can, listen, listen, somebody you've never met can't hurt you. Even online. If you've never met a person, you don't let it exist, they can't hurt you. It's the people that are around us that have the opportunity to hurt us. So these are the people we got to check every now and then. It's quiet in here. You got to make sure there are no stones of unforgiveness in your heart, no weeds of bitterness. 
You got to make sure there's no trash from this world in your heart contaminating you. Just trash, garbage. People that clean their hearts out regularly, when the word is sown, those are the most fruitful people. They see God doing what the word says in their lives. Isn't that something? It's really just that simple. You ought to see what God says manifesting in your life. Stop pretending. If you don't see any of the word of God producing fruit in your life, something's wrong with your heart. Don't pretend. You can only do it so long. I wish I had time to go into that, but, but, but I don't. Uh, only the word in us can produce the fruits of righteousness. What does that mean? The only way we can live right is if the word is in our heart and produces fruit. The word is seed. Seed planted in healthy soil, watered, nurtured, will grow up and produce fruit. It's just that simple. If you have difficulty living right, the word ain't in you. If you have difficulty producing the fruit of the Spirit, your heart ain't healthy. If the works of the flesh are easy, well, it's pretty obvious what's going on there. The Word and the Spirit, Holy Spirit, work together. I I made that statement. I don't know how many of you caught it when we first started this teaching. The word and the spirit work together in creation and recreation. (laughs) The Bible says back in Genesis that the earth was void, formless. Darkness covered the earth, the soil, the dirt. And then God said, let there be. And the Holy Ghost began to hover. Oh, man. We come up on Pentecost Sunday, Sunday. The Holy Ghost began to move. The word and the spirit always work together. Jesus, the word came, and then the spirit followed on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. The word and the spirit work together. So when you break up the fallow ground of your heart and let the word of God come in, Holy Ghost coming right after that, and he's going to anoint you and he'll help you live out of the fruit of the spirit. He'll let you, he'll teach you how to walk and operate in the gifts of the spirit. This is what's missing. There's no room for the gift or the gift is covered up by bitterness and unforgiveness. The prophetic gift in you, the apostolic gift in you, the pastoral gift in you. Signs, wonders and miracles are in you, but they're covered up and hidden and surrounded by a bunch of unforgiveness, a bunch of bitterness, a bunch of worldliness and other stuff. So God can't heal you. Neither can he use you effectively because of the stuff in your heart. If you're bold enough, write this down. 99% of my problems are me. If greater is he that's in you, then he that's in the world, then the world ain't your problem or should not be. The problem is you. The greater one, the word and spirit ain't there. The grace of God on the life of a believer is seen in several ways, but it should be seen in healings and blessings that take place in our lives that everyone in the sphere of our influence can see. Everybody ought to be able to see God working in your life some kind of way. Listen, 
one of the few things that we cannot do with God, because we can do all things through Christ, one of the few things we cannot do is stay young. I know some of y'all didn't really want to hear me say that. But we can do all things through Christ. So then people should see us doing things that Christ has anointed us to do that they know we could not have done had not it been the word and the spirit. Stop saying what you can't do. And you're supposed to have God in you. Stop saying I got to go run to the doctor when you got God in you. Remember, we said in this, the scripture says if in James, if any man is if anyone is sick among you, make sure you got your health care caught up. If any is sick among you, make sure you got your doctor on speed dial. No, no, no. The Bible doesn't say that. It says if anyone is sick among you, let them first call the elders of the church. But we don't do that. Some of you hearing this, I sound totally ridiculous to you. Look at that dude. Man, it's 2022. Are you kidding me? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today. Either you believe it or you don't. It's just that simple. Either you believe Christ is still a healer or you need your HMO. People, do they still have that? Medicare. Medi- you, you need your physician. Do you oh, see? Do you get nervous when your medication get low? I got to hurry up and get to the doctor. I got to hurry up and get this. Really? Really? Where is that? How did that get in your heart? Proverbs 23. I got I to finish. I, you know. Proverbs 4.23. Keep, guard, protect. Watch over your heart with all diligence. Your heart. Watch over your heart. Be careful what's in your heart. Know what's in your heart and be careful once you clean it up to keep it clean and watch what you let get in it. Why? For out of it are the issues of life. Everything, watch this, everything your life produces comes from your heart. You didn't get it. If you're happy, that came from your heart. If you got joy, the joy of the Lord, that comes from your heart. If you ain't happy, that's in your heart. You need, I told you years ago, Bishop Darrell said it. I said it. I grabbed it. Write this down. I'm going to control my own happy. If you ain't happy, you're not controlling what's in your heart. If you're sad, you're not controlling what's getting in your heart. If you're depressed, oppressed, you're you're not controlling what's getting in to your heart. So your rest is sick. You can't rest. You can't sleep. Your sleep is sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David wrote a song after Nathan the prophet, I'm going to finish with this, uh, came to him when he had, you know, confronted him over, David over, you know, uh, having Uriah killed and sleeping with his his wife Bathsheba. And uh, David wrote a song, which is really a prayer. And uh, it's it's very popular. It's, it's, uh, uh, what is it? Psalm 51. And uh, this is a little bit of what David prayed. I don't have time to go through all of it, but this is what David prayed. David prayed, wash me. (laughs) Wash me thoroughly and clean me completely from my sin. Purge me with hyssop. Hyssop was used back in Egypt for the sprinkling of the blood of the lamb on the doorpost and the lintel. Hyssop was used. (laughs) 
when the hyssop and the blood was applied, death passed by. You know, death brings or sickness and disease bring death. So, so when the blood is applied by hyssop, no sickness, no disease, nothing can enter your house. No death can come in and kill you and make you sick. So, so you need to understand the power of hyssop and the power of the blood. Hyssop is an astringent. It reduces, among other things, inflammation, which is the mother of disease. You need to apply some hyssop into your life so that disease doesn't have the opportunity to easily enter into your body. Hyssop is also an antiseptic. It stops infection. So you need to take and apply the word of God and the blood of Jesus to your life so that you can stay healthy. David says, wash us, O God. Somebody say, wash us, O God. Somebody say it again. Say, wash us, O God. Make it, make it personal. Say, wash me, O God. Say, don't let these issues stay in my heart. Don't let unforgiveness stay in my heart. Say it. Don't, don't, don't let bitterness stay in my heart. Yeah, yeah, don't let worldly cares and concerns stay in my heart. Say it, say it, say it, because they cause sickness and disease. I want to be healed. I want to be healed. I need to get my heart right. I need to get stuff out of my heart. It's not just a one-time thing when you got saved the first time back in 1977 and you don't ask God anymore to cleanse your heart. David prays and says, make me hear you clearly. Do you realize the more you hear the world, the more you listen to the world, the harder it will be to hear God? I'm talking to somebody right now. You, you hear God intermittently. It's like static. And son, I want you to daughter. What is he saying? What is he saying? I don't know what to do. This is what I need you to So you guessing. This is why you go into the prophet all the time because you can't really hear. That's not God. David says, make me hear you clearly. And intelligently. Do you think God can't speak clearly and intelligently to you? You think the master and creator of the universe doesn't know how to speak clearly and intelligently to you so that you understand what he wants you to do? He says, because when you speak clearly and intelligently to me, I understand and I can obey. You know, when God says something to me, this is my relationship. I've developed my system and pattern of hearing and obeying God. When God says something to me, the first thing, the next thing he tells me is a scripture. Because the devil can tell you some good stuff, too. But he, he can't back up what he wants you to do with Scripture. <laughs> Only God can. Only God can back up everything he says. Because the word will always agree with the word. The Logos will always agree with the rhema. You got to be careful about these people to get upset. And God said, and God said, and he said, and he said, and he said, and he told me to tell you what he told me to tell you. And I'm going to tell you what he told me to tell you. Okay, give me a Scripture. And then lastly, David says, create in me 
Oh, no, I got it. I skipped. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm going to go back to this. I'm going to go. I can't. I got to say this. David prays. Again, make me hear you clearly, intelligently, so I can easily obey you. Then he says, make me joyful. Do you remember how much joy you got when you first heard God clearly? When you knew the Lord was leading you, you, you remember how much joy you was like, no, nah, the devil can't stop me. I'm hearing from God. So David says, make me joyful and give me pleasure again to hear your word. See, this is one of the reasons some folk don't want to go to church. Because they have no pleasure in hearing the word because they don't see it come to pass in their life. Shirabasa. You know, pleasure in it because you ain't seen it happen. And it's not the word's fault. It's your heart. You got some stuff in your heart. It ain't God's problem. Oh, I don't mind telling you. It ain't God's fault. It ain't the preacher's fault. It's your fault if the word ain't working for you. Well, I think I'm going to find another church. It's just, you know, I ain't feeling all that religious. I just ain't, you know, I just, I, I just feel something. You know, I, I ain't going to go through all that stuff. I, I, too many people coming to my, my mind. You know. Listen. If you are drowning and somebody swims up to rescue you, do you care if they're wearing cologne or perfume? <laughs> I just don't, I didn't feel them. They came to rescue me, put their arm. I just didn't feel them. I wasn't, they didn't smell right. You're going to die with your stupid self. David says, make me joyful. Make me joyful. When your heart is cleaned out, you're joyful. You have no joy because you got too much sadness in your heart. It, listen, listen to me. You have no joy. You say, because you got too much sadness in your heart. It's just that simple. If you're not happy being in the presence, I mean, you, ain't, you come to church, you ain't, you ain't never smile. Hmm. Make me joyful. Give me pleasure again to hear your words. So the bones that you have broken may collapse. The bones that you have broken may rejoice. The bones, the bones represent the structure and strength and support of the systems. The bones support everything that's vital in this body. When our support system fails, everything else David says, let me regain, regain, rather, regain strength in my bones so that the joy of the Lord can remain my strength. And then, lastly, David says, create in me. Create in me. A clean heart. That means we can have a dirty, messed up heart. That's consistent with the parable of the sower. Your heart ain't right. It ain't clean. So the word is not effective. So you're not going to be healed mentally, emotionally, physically. It's going to be hard for you to get healed because your heart. Your heart needs healing. Your heart. Needs cleaning. And so, if our heart condemns us, everyone stand that's in the building, stand at home if you can. If our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. God is greater than any and every issue you have been carrying in your heart. He's greater than the unforgiveness. I shouldn't have to tell you this. Lift your hands, please. He's greater than every act that any person did that hurt you 
traumatized you, wounded you greatly. God is greater than whatever has hurt you. Whatever you're carrying in your heart that's not of God, God can get it out if you give him your heart. That's what happens when we get saved. We don't just give him our hands and our feet and our marriage. and our, We give him our heart. That's why Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You've got to give him all of you. You've got to give him everything hidden in your heart that went on 20, 30, 40, 60 years ago. If you want to be healed, if you want to walk in divine health, you have to give him your Does he have your heart? Or did you just come to church and gave him your finances? I don't miss a tithe. Did you give him your heart? Or did you give him your business? God is blessing my business. But does he have your heart? Because it won't be long. Sickness will come and touch every area of your life. If you don't give him your heart, he'll touch your marriage. The enemy will get in. If God doesn't have it, enemy can come back with what he used on you before if you don't keep your heart yeah God in the hand of the Lord I hear God in this place tonight God is greater than your heart I don't care what's in it I don't care what happened to you God loves us the same even when we don't love ourselves. And the devil, the enemy of your soul has made somebody think, somebody that's watching, somebody that's in the church tonight, he's made you think you deserve what's happening to you. That's why you can't get healed. Because you have been led to believe you deserve it because of what you did. And the kingdom of God doesn't work that way. We only deserve what we get because of what Jesus did. There's absolutely nothing you can do to cancel out the cross other than let garbage in your heart. The word of God will be strangled by lies in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I rebuke every lie spoken into your ear gate that went through your mind and got in your heart. I don't care how long ago it was. I don't care who told you that lie. Your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your father, your great-grandfather, it, if, if it doesn't line up with the word and it's causing you to not love yourself the way you should, if it's causing you to have stuff in your heart that you harbor, it is a lie from the devil. And I speak the truth to you because Jesus himself said, and when you know the truth, the truth will make you free. The truth is you need to forgive everybody that hurts you and forgive yourself when you hurt you. And you need to let the word of God come in and dwell in your heart and let the Holy Ghost ignite that word and bring an anointing into your life that destroys every yoke. If your heart condemns you, if your heart condemns you, God is greater than your heart. And the Holy Ghost told Paul to write in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation 
to them that are in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Your heart doesn't have the power or the legal right to condemn you. Only Christ has the right who died for your sin and mine to condemn you. When he caught the woman, when the woman rather that was caught in adultery was brought to Jesus, he told the woman, where are your accusers? I don't condemn you. She knew what she had just did. Her heart was condemning her after the men walked away. She knew she was she she did it. But Jesus said, I don't condemn you. There's no condemnation here. And I want everyone under the sound of my voice. And I can't see everyone that's watching, but I can see the number that's gathered in here tonight. But those of you that are watching, if you'll do this, I believe God will touch you in a divine and powerful way. You just get on your knees. Just get on your knees and say, Lord, my heart's been condemning me. But I realize you're greater than my heart. Thank you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. I'm like David. I'm like Jesus in the parable of the sower. Get the stones out. Get, I break up my fallow ground right now. I humble myself before you right now. I ask you to forgive me as I forgive everyone that has trespassed and sinned against me. I even ask you to help me forgive myself. I've carried this weight and this burden of things I've done for too long. And tonight, this very moment, whenever you watch this, I release all condemnation. I release all self-flagellation, self-hate, and self-loathing. And I give it all to you, Lord Jesus. Wash me with hyssop. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from the inside out. I want to be whole. I want to be whole from the crown of my head to the sole of my feet. Remove all sickness and disease and allow me, help me to recover so I can be used by you. And I can become an Acts 1038 believer. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went about doing with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Use me, Father. Heal me, Father. And allow me to take healing all the places you send me so that you can be glorified in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Again, we have these crutches and walkers as just a sign and a testimony of the people that have been healed in this church. Don't have, we don't have any wheelchairs. I wish we would have kept them or ask if we keep them. So you could literally see as you hear the word that Christ is a healer. I don't know what your issue is right now, but I believe as this word goes forth, we're going to see healings manifest, signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward, and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.